0: (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. All right. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15 starting in verse 1. Samuel also... Oh, stand with me if you would. I'm sorry. Stand with me for the reading of the Word of God tonight if you would, please. (coughs) Samuel also said unto Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I will, rem- I-, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not. But slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them, and tell 200,000 footmen, 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. Father, Right now, we just want to ask you, Lord, for the next few moments, God, that you would, Lord, speak through me. Let me be a mouthpiece, O God, for the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray that the Holy Ghost would speak a word through us, O through me tonight, God, to us, your children. Lord, anoint it, O God, to our understanding, Jesus. And I pray that You'd cause it to find a lodging place in every heart here tonight. Help us, O God, to feed upon this Word. And, Lord, I pray, God, that it would bring glory to Your name through our lives. And we thank You and praise You for it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, you can be seated. Praise God. Now, here is Saul being anointed king over Israel. Samuel was told by the Lord to go and anoint him king, and he did. And the first thing he did was give him his orders. Uh, He gave him his orders to go, and and the Lord said that he remembered how that Amalek, uh, uh, what that Amalek did to Israel, laid in wait for him, and uh, and they destroyed it, uh, and they had uh, hurt, uh, and they hurt his people. So he was uh, he was bringing vengeance upon them. Uh, Understand this, church, that uh, uh, you know people say, well, if God is real, uh, then He would not allow this or. Or he wouldn't let that happen, but listen, this is the same God that we serve today that we ser- that was alive and well in the New Testament, I mean the Old Testament, uh, and, and so, uh, God knows what He's doing. He is God and we are not, and, and, and we cannot understand His ways and we don't understand all that He does, but He has a reason for it. And the Bible tells us that all things work to good, uh, work together for the good to them that love God and those who are, are the called according to His purpose. And <clears throat> so praise God. <clears throat> we have to, we have to know that God knows what He's doing, and we have to trust Him and follow His will without reservation. And Saul was given his orders here. And we'll skip down to verse 7, and it says, And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until they comest to Shur, that is over against Egypt. Now listen carefully here. Listen carefully. It says, And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and of the lambs and of that was all that which was good. And he would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuge, that they destroyed utterly. Now, what is wrong with this scenario right here? What happened right here? Uh, Can you see anything taking place here that's not right? You know, uh, his orders, uh, his orders were to go and utterly destroy everything. Uh, man, woman, and child, even little infants. Now you have to understand God had a reason for this. Uh, and he said, wipe them out. I mean, wipe them out. Uh, man, woman, child, ox, ass, everything they have, uh, wipe it out. Leave nothing. Uh, but here we read just shortly after that, uh, Saul takes it upon himself and his, and his men that were with him, take it upon themselves. Uh, to uh, make a decision uh, to go ahead and make an educated decision or an executive decision uh, let me tell you something church uh, i don't care how how high you get up in the uh, uh, in god's army uh, never make an executive decision because you're not an executive uh, i want you to understand something uh, there's only one chairman of the board uh, his name is jesus christ uh, there's only one king uh, his name is jesus christ uh, there's only one lord one faith and one baptism. His name is Jesus Christ, and don't you ever forget it, because the moment you do, you're going to find yourself dethroned very quickly. Oh, and you know Saul had it made. I mean, Saul was ahead above the rest. He was evidently a well to be looked upon, and and he was thought very highly of, and the Lord and the Lord gave him favor, and he and he anointed him king but understand there's so many things in the Bible that tell you that once saved always saved is a lie I mean here's a man that was anointed of God right here and he was anointed by one of the greatest prophets that ever lived praise God and one of the greatest men of God that ever lived and there was a mighty anointing that went with him and you know so it is church when we're in a covenant when we are in a covenant with Jesus oh when you yoke up with God oh and when you you get in that covenant uh, with him. Uh, oh, there's nothing can stand before you. Uh, and he went out there, uh, and uh, and Amalek was uh, was supposed to be destroyed. Uh, but he saved. It said he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. And then the next thing you know, they start taking sheep and oxen and, uh, and the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good. And they laid it up for themselves. Well, they laid it up for a later time. Let's read on in verse 10 then. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king. For he has turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel. And he cried unto the Lord all night, this brought a friend into despair. Let me tell you something, church. I've married couples before. And, you know, the, and, and, and I prayed about it. And, you know, and, and, and then I had couples that would come together. And, and you know, nowadays there's a, a, you have to counsel them and sort in all sorts of things. And there has to be hours of counseling before that you marry them. But, uh, uh, you know, and I tried to tell them that, listen, uh, this is a very serious thing you're embarking upon here. Uh, listen, there's some things that you're going to have to follow if you want your marriage to work, you're going to, first of all, you're going to have to dedicate your lives to the Lord. You're not going to make it in a uh, in a marital relationship very easily if you're outside of God. You've got to put Him at the helm, praise God. You've got to put Him at the pinnacle of your life. You know, a family that prays together stays together. And I know families that have stayed together for the sake of the children and families that have stayed together for the sake of uh, just uh, not wanting to, 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 to battle that all out because it's a Big mess, uh, you know. I heard somebody say one time, "Never such easy thing to get into, and so hard to get out of is marriage." Uh, but I, uh, you know, I tell you what, uh, God gave me a beautiful, wonderful wife, and I, I'm so in love with her, more so now than I ever have been, and uh, and it just grows every day. And and you know, that's how it's supposed to be. But if you know, I tell you what, uh, I, I said all that to say this: uh, that I know how Samuel felt. Uh, you know, I had uh, I had one of those couples that came, and they. Uh, they got a divorce and it broke my heart because there was a little baby involved. The most anointed little angel that you ever saw. She's about to, I anointed that little baby. Praise God I anointed that little baby when she was about two weeks old. I anointed her out of the horn of oil. Prayed her, out of, I anointed her with oil and praise God. And I tell you what, that little baby, she became a minister. I mean, as two years old, she was preaching the gospel, man. I'm telling you, you may think I've lost my mind. I'm telling you, that little girl get up on this pew right here and she'd say she tells somebody, if they were sick, she'd say, she'd look them in the face like I do and say, believe ye that He can heal you? And then they'd say, yes. And then she say, do you really believe? You know, she She'd tell them, just like I did, and she'd get up there and she'd tell them, she'd, I mean, she'd pray for them, and she'd say, you know, most little children play Barbie dolls, little girls, you know, I don't know, now they probably play stock cards, I don't know, it's kind of a strange world we live in, little boys are playing with dolls these days, that's terrible, we need to pray for this world, but you know, little girls, they're playing with the little dolls, and but she'd set them all up in church, she'd have church going on, and the little dolls would be there, and she'd get on them, tell them, hey, straighten up over there, you know, it's really funny to watch her, and you know that little girl saw things. I know she saw angels, man. I tell you, uh, one time she was in the bathroom and over at her house, and and her grandmother was a good friend of ours and, and went to our church, and and she said uh, she heard her go. Ah! She screamed at the top of her lungs. And, uh, man, she just, you know, that blood curling scream. And so, man, naturally the grandmother about had a heart attack, you know, thinking, oh, my God, she's closed her hand in the door. She fell down the stairs. Uh, oh, my God, she went rushing in. And she looked and she saw in the door. And, and, and what had happened was the grandfather had closed the bathroom door. And she said, open the door. She said, the angels are in there. You closed the door on the angels. And she was just panicking. And she said, the angels are in there. And, you know, I want to tell you something. I believe her. I believe she saw angels in that room. She prayed in that room. And I want you to know something. The Lord, oh, the Holy Ghost fell on me. The night I anointed that little girl, there was a bunch of people around drinking. in that party was having a big party. And I went in there and they said, we've heard about you, uh, Pastor. We want you to pray for this little daughter. And so I did. I anointed her. And I felt the Holy Ghost move on that child. And i tell you what, she talks about nothing but Jesus everywhere she goes. She'll go in a supermarket and she just walk up to somebody. Somebody should say, do you know Jesus? Do you know that Jesus loves you? Do you go to church? Well, no, but you should. Don't you know you should go see Jesus? Don't you know that Jesus loves you? And she's just as serious. There is no play in her. I mean, and she'll just tell you about the Lord. If there's a message I preach, she'd she'd repeat that message verbatim, man. I mean, she had a memory, like a photographic memory. She would repeat things, and and uh, and, oh man, I tell you, that little child had an anointing on her life. And I prayed for that. I said, God, oh Lord, let there be an anointing on this child. I anointed her for the ministry, and just barely after she was born, I said, God, you use this child, oh God, to win souls for you. you Send her, God, to win souls for you. Let that anointing cover her. Don't let anybody ever touch her. Don't let anybody ever do anything to this child. You protect her, God, from anybody that might harm this little child. God, you put your angels around her and shelter her. Lord, encamp angels round about her. I prayed that. Praise God. And I tell you what, so, you know, in considering what what, uh, happened when they divorced uh, and seeing the things that that little child had to see, uh, it's just such a terrible terrible thing and it broke my heart and so i understand what samuel felt when all of a sudden he realized that the very one that he'd anointed and a friend he had anointed saul and and now here saul is is uh you know not many days passed and saul is uh has gone by the wayside and 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 so now here he is and he wept you know because oh you know samuel had something with god You know, I can't hardly, I can't hardly even talk about the Lord anymore in my life without bringing tears to my eyes because I know me. I know what I used to be. And I know where God brought me from. And I have a close walk with God now. And you know, the Lord reveals things to me sometimes and the Lord speaks to me. But I don't ever profess or or even kid myself that I'm as close as Samuel was to the Lord. And here Samuel was and God came to him. And you know, it repented me that I I chose Saul to be king, that I set him up to be king. And so, you know, Samuel understood. Listen, you don't want to make God mad. Church, we serve a loving God. Yes, we do. Understand and I know that. You know, but so many people are preaching that real good, feel good message. You can't preach heaven without preaching hell. I'm sorry. you got to have a well-balanced diet. As bad as I hate vegetables. I know you need them. I know you've got to have these things. You know, I'd rather just eat steak all the time and meat and all that kind of stuff but you can't do that all the time because if you do it's going to cause you to have a short life and so uh, we need a well balanced diet in the in the house of God and so though there are things that are not pleasant to hear sometimes it's my job as a pastor and as a minister of the gospel to preach even those things that might get on some toes from time to time and you know he was realizing that God was angered with Saul and so he knew that the wrath of God was on the way he knew that it was going to be very, very bad for Saul. And so it broke his heart, and he began to weep and cry. And And, uh, and let's read on and, and see what to, what the Lord says here next. When Samuel rose early, he cried unto the Lord all night. And then when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel... And behold, he set him up a place, and is gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth this? What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and lowing of the oxen which I hear? I want to read that again, verse 13. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be the Lord, be thou the Lord, and I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears? And the lowing of the oxen which I hear. And Saul. Said They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. Now he realizes, uh, uh (coughs) uh-oh, church, I want you to understand something and understand it very clear." There's a price to pay for disobedience. There's a price to pay, and you're going to pay it. It's just that simple. The Lord will bless you, and yes, He can forgive you, but you're going to pay a price for sin. No doubt about it. Hallelujah. I mean, that's just Bible. That's just Bible. Now, he said, and Samuel said, when thou was... Little in thine own sight wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. Now understand this: the Bible says, "Study to show thyself approved, a workman, a, 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 a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." Now, that's Bible. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now. Right here, right here, this last scripture, let me read that scripture one more time. Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? Okay. The Bible says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift thee up. Know this, everything's opposites in God. Everything's opposites in God. How do we get lifted up? We make ourselves low. How do we get made low? We lift ourselves up, and God will make you low. He said, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift thee up. And the Lord will lift you up. How do you get? You give. That's how you get. You give, and He gives to you. Give, and it shall be given. How do we get forgiveness? We forgive, and it's given to us. You see, humble yourself. He shall lift thee up. But if you exalt yourself, he shall make you abased. You see what I mean? It's opposites in God. If you try to make... Listen, don't try to lift yourself up in any kind of way because you can't get yourself lifted up as high as God can lift you up. Praise God. I mean, you could never attain the height God can take you to, but you can put yourself low and you get in God's favor. And there's no, There's no height to it. There's no measurement to it the heights he can take you to, praise God. But you see, it's what Samuel was telling him right here. He said, when you were little in your own sight, oh, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go another to destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. He said, wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil?'" And it's evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the, uh, the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of, of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, and the sheep, and the oxen, and the cheap things that should be, have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. in Gilgal... Now, no doubt... Saul's intentions were good. Saul intended to bring sacrifice to the Lord. He thought he was being a good king. He said, well, I, Lord, I, I, he said, he said, Samuel, I, I did everything he, he told me to do. Uh, and, and, Listen. You have to listen to to every detail when God gives you uh, uh, your orders. Uh, it would it would do us well to pay very close attention to what God is saying. Uh, you know, it cost Moses going into the Promised Land uh, just one little mistake, uh, one little thing that he missed. That he just he, he did uh, like it, he thought it didn't matter, uh, and he, in one little fight of, of 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 rage or temper, he decided to to do something just to, just that much different than what God said. Uh, he said, speak to the rock. And instead of speaking to the rock, He smote the rock like He did the last time. But understand this. What God tells you to do the next time may not be the same thing He told you to do the last time. So pay close attention. Don't never get complacent with God. Don't never take the God of, 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 of Jacob and Israel and Isaac. Don't never take the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob for granted. He is a holy and mighty God. And you better listen to Listen, you know, you better listen very carefully to what He says to you. Hallelujah, because His orders are very precise. When He tells you to do it a certain way, it's the only way that's going to bring the right result. There's no multiple choices in God. There's no multiple choices. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one way to the Lord. Praise God, He said, I am the door. There's no other way. I've heard people absolutely say that we're all going to the same place. We're just going different directions. This is called the spokes of the wheel theory. No, we're not going different directions. If you're not going... To Direction that Bible says it's only one way. You ain't going where I'm headed, pal. I don't know where you're going, but I'm going this way. If you want to go that way and take your chances, more power to you. But I'm heading this direction. This way says home to me. Hallelujah, and I'm going home. Hallelujah. And so, don't try. Listen, don't. The Bible says. Not to add to nor take away anything in the Word of God. In the Revelations, He said, if you add to or take away from this Word, He said, I will add to you the plagues of this book, and I will take away your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. Understand, Church, you don't have the authority to change the Word of the Almighty God. You never will have that authority. God does not change His own written Word. Oh, understand, Church, Once it's written down, I mean it's settled. There ain't no change in it. Period. Even God, He said, I have repented Him. But those things took place before it was written. But once it became the written Word of God, there is no change in the Word of God. It's forever settled. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but My Word shall not pass away. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Now, Saul thought he was doing a good thing. And you know, sometimes we might think, well, you know, well, you know, God would probably like this. Well, you know, might might ought to check with him on that before you just decide to go do it and then find out whether God's going to like it. Because if you don't like it and it's a done deal, you're not going to like his results. Praise God. I tell you, God is, you just don't want to make him mad. If you never have, then take somebody's word for it that has. I'll tell you, you just don't want to do it. You just don't want to do it. I'm telling you, praise God. Now, he goes on down to verse 22. He said, and Samuel said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams, for rebellion is as sin of witchcraft. Listen to that. Listen to that. Man, listen to that. I mean, just rebellion is just like witchcraft to God. We put levels on sin. Man does that. Man says, oh, now that's a really bad sin. Oh, but this was just a little white lie. Friend, listen, there ain't no white lie, blue lie, green lie, black lie. A lie is a lie. Well, it was a half-truth. There ain't no half-truth. I've heard people say, be careful of half-truths. You never know what half you're going to get. Well, let me tell you, if it's a half-truth, I don't want either side of it. Because there's no such thing as a half-truth. There's only there's only truth and there's a lie and so there ain't no white lies and you know people think well you know this is, I, it's it's really not a bad sin uh, uh this is really not a bad sin well you know all unrighteousness is sin that's what the bible says and and he said that uh the, that uh, uh that it's this witchcraft i mean man this is a this is a bad situation and he said let's go on uh further and read he said uh He said, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Man, you know, people don't consider how how that God looks upon these things. Just stubbornness. Now, i tell you, I'm a pretty stubborn fellow sometimes, and I have to really watch that because God takes it very seriously. And so we have to be careful of those things. And he says, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord... He hath also rejected thee from being king. With what measure ye meet, church, it shall be measured to you again. Huh. Understand, huh. God knows how to uh, rock your boat. I'll tell you right now. And, and, huh, listen, church, huh, we have got to follow him wholeheartedly. Huh. And, and, you know, it goes on down here. It says, and Samuel said unto him, in twenty-eight, the Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to thine uh, to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. Understand this right here today. Now, uh, this whole message is about to spare not anything, because uh, you certainly won't be. So understand this. Understand this today, church. That uh, listen, uh, you know what happened to Saul right here? That little bit of disobedience right there. It caused the kingdom to be rent from him. You know what sin will do? The Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. How many of you ever heard that? A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. You know, I talked to a fellow here just a while back. He called me up, and he was he was going to a church that was preaching some wild stuff. And I told him, I said, look, man, you know, I said, you know the truth, and you need to you need to move. I mean, the Lord just put it upon my heart, and I don't do that very often. I tell you right now, church, I don't. Uh, I don't tell people to move out of their church. I just don't do that. I believe that's an anointing that's come from God. I believe that's a word that needs to come from God. But if I know uh, that they're preaching something that's very deadly to somebody or their soul, uh, I said, "Buddy, you need to get out of church. Uh, you need to move, and don't go back there." Period. Again, uh, and he said, "Well, he said, well, you know." Uh, Everything's okay except for this one thing, and I said, "Pal, I said, tell you what, tell you what I want you to do." Now he was—he sat under me for a while, and he—he he was baptized uh, uh, under me in Jesus' name, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God! And, and he's a, a very fine young man, and in college, and and on fire for the Lord. And uh, and so you know, he—he uh, <laughs> was—he was talking to me that day about that. I said, well, "I tell you what, I want you to do." I told him I want you to do. I said, "Look, uh, that car you got. He's got a nice little car, you know." I told him. I said, "Look, next time you go to the gas station, I said I want you to just fill it three quarters full." He said, "Well, okay." I said, "Then I want you to drive it around the other side of the filling station over there." And I said, "Then I want you to fill it, go and top it on off with water." He said, "No." No, I ain't gonna do that. I said, no, I want you to do that. I really want you to do that. Now, you know, I was your pastor for a long time and I'm your friend and I want you to do that for me. He said, well, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna do that. I said, well, now why would you, why wouldn't you do that? He said, well, because it'll tear my car up. I said, it will. Yeah. I said, well, surely there's enough gasoline to water ratio to run that car. Might not go as fast, but surely there's enough gas there to run the car. He said, no. I said, so what you're telling me is a quarter of a tank of water in three quarters of a tank of gas won't run the engine. He said, no. I said, well, what's, what will it do? He said, it'll tear the engine all to pieces. I said, so what you're telling me it's going to render that vessel useless. He said, yep. Yeah. I said, Are you following me now? Can you hear me now? I said, Then neither do you need a watered down version of the gospel of God. You need the whole truth and nothing but the truth, church. Because I want to tell you right now, if it's a watered-down version, it ain't going to take you home. It ain't going to give you the power you need to get over the hurdles you've got to get over. I'm telling you right now, church, you better get a hold of the whole Word of God and quit picking and choosing the parts you want and get that Bible in you. Oh, praise God, and let it... Take you all away. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I don't want a watered down version of the gospel. Praise God. I want it all. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. And Saul, Saul right here, what happened to him in this scenario? You know, he lost everything he had. And I'll tell you what a little seal will do to you. It'll take everything you've got and it'll give it to somebody else. I know somebody personally that lost everything that they had and they had a lot and they lost everything they had because they were disobedient to the Lord. And I watched that person lose everything one thing at a time until they had nothing left. On top of the world. Making a fortune. You better pay close attention when daddy's talking. Sometimes he ain't gonna tell you twice. Daddy's long suffering with us. The Lord is long suffering with us. And he, he loves us very much. But you know, church, I'm preaching to some people in this house tonight that's gotta walk with God. I'm preaching to some people tonight some steak and some meat of the word because y'all are past the milk. See what I mean? And so understand this. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him that is sin. To whom much is given. Much is required. Much is required. See there's that learned choir right there. There's that speaking in unison from people that already know a lot of the Word of God. And because you know a lot of the Word of God, God expects more of you than just the average Joe walking down the street. Well, God, why is that guy blessed going in and coming out? And God, I can't seem to rub two nickels together. And that fellow right there, everything he touches turns to gold. And everything I touch turns to cow manure. Well, you know... That's because He's not where you're at yet. But when He gets where you're at, He better be doing what you're doing. Or He'll be uh, uh, turning stuff into cow manure too. Because that's the way Daddy works. He gives you a chance to grow in Him. He don't expect somebody to just walk through the doors of this church or any church to to walk in here and grow up right now. Well, a lot of times we try to shove a stake down somebody's throat and they need the milk of the Word of God. They're not ready for the meat yet. You can't expect somebody... I've said, before. You know, I have a little grandson. Well, none of them's that big anymore. They're all about to start about right there and go up to bigger than I am now. But but i got a little grandson. He was about, you know, two, three years old. Oh, he's a precious little fella. Praise God. But you know, now, if he was to take a car key and go outside and go up down Grandpa's truck, down the side of Grandpa's truck with that car key, well, man, you know, I might... Boy, I'd be upset. But you know, I wouldn't snatch him up and go to whooping him all over the parking lot because he don't know no better. Now I will tell you, I'll probably whoop that little diaper off of him there and put some smoke on it real quick and say, boy, don't you never do that with grandpa's truck no more. You put, give me that key. You stay away from them keys. You know, don't you never do that again, boy. And I'd have to go out there and chew on a tree a while and get that anger out to have, ask God to help me with that, Lord. But you know what? I couldn't, I couldn't whip him across that parking lot. But now my, my older grandson's 13 years old now. Now if he went out there and went down the side of grandpa's truck, somebody better call 911. Because there's fixing to be a serious accident happening here. And wasn't going to be no accident. It's just going to be a serious injury going on. And so somebody needs to call an ambulance. Because he's going to need some medical attention real soon. And I'm probably going to need some bail bond. Because I'm fixing to wear him out. And that's just the way it is. And you see, him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not that's the difference so when you sin don't look over and see somebody else getting away with something and think you can do it because you don't know where they're at in God and God does and he knows where you're at and he also knows the attitudes of the heart and he says well there's that little arrogance coming out in you well you think you're actually going to get away with this don't you <laughs> you know, I love my dad. I had he was my hero, praise God, still is. And and I tell you, he was the greatest father I could have ever had. I love my daddy. Everybody that met him, loved him. He was a wonderful guy. I wish he was here today. You'd love him too. Praise God, but I tell you what. Daddy never whooped me when he was mad. He, well, he only one time, and I thought he was Superman. He reached up and snatched a limb off a tree as long as this building. I thought he was Superman, boy. Didn't realize at that time that tree was rotten, you know. But son, I thought, oh my god, I just, man, we had a big old tree down by the barn, you know, and he re- he got mad at me over something I did. I can't imagine cause I was a, I mean, I was an angel. I mean, I don't know how he could have ever gotten mad at me, but, but somehow the devil welled up in him and made him mad at me. He must have lied on me or something. And he reached up in that tree and snatched that limb off and I, I mean, he snatched it off all the way back to the tree. And I was like, oh! I mean, to a kid, that's like, oh my god, he's Superman, you know, I thought he's fixing to whip that tree around kill me with it you know but uh <laughs> it's really funny because you know daddy man he played it real cool you know like yeah that's right i'm tough <laughs> dad was probably thinking thank you lord <laughs> you know he was cool here luke you know but he would just laugh when i'd make him mad he'd go <laughs> oh boy you've had it you know he'd say yeah okay you're gonna get it when we get home and i mean you know and i think yeah right okay but I guarantee you, partner, when when I got home, it didn't matter if it was a four hour trip. When I got home, I got it. But I'll tell you, Daddy was a man of his word. But you know, it's the same way with the Lord. I mean, listen, church, God knows the thoughts and intents of the heart. And and because Saul, because Saul was disobedient, he lost everything that he had. And and it's so easy to do. You've got to be careful you 've got to be careful to stay in in the in favor with God and you know when you when you when you woke up with god you 're in a covenant with the Lord once you are in a covenant with God he takes that very serious there 's a new covenant and and he said that he would put his word in our heart and in our mind would he write it and there 's another message that that I was preaching just the other day I want you to understand something huh uh, you know have you heard that they have found the uh uh have you heard that they have found now they found Noah's ark you know years back and all that they can't get to it or don't know where it's at or whatever now but they found it I found it I found it and you know I haven't told many people but I also found the ark of the covenant I found it. That's right. Yes, I have. And I know there's lots of people that would love to know where it's at. And so I'm going to tell you tonight, just very few people, where it's at. I want you to look over at your neighbor... Point your finger at them and say, you're it. You are the Ark of the Covenant. The Bible said in that Ark was the Covenant. The Bible said that the Lord dwelt between the cherubims on the mercy seat. He dwelt on, on the Ark of the Covenant. And the Word of God dwelt within the Ark of the Covenant. But in the New Covenant, the Bible said that's why they can't find the Old Covenant. And they never will find the Ark of the Covenant. Because you are it. We are the Ark of the Covenant. And the Old Ark is done away with. The Old Covenant is done away with. And so it does not have the power that they think it has. There's no power in the Old Covenant. Because the New Covenant makes the Old Covenant void and null. And so it's no longer of uh, it's no longer of any power. The new covenant power is in the blood of the lamb. Praise God. It's in the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, uh, praise God, that in this new covenant, uh, I will put my word in your heart and in your mind will I write it. Uh, and in another place it says I will put it in your in your mind and in your on the tables of your heart will I write it. Uh, and so there is the covenant uh, and you are the ark that bears the covenant. Uh, praise God. The Holy Ghost brings that word to your remembrance. Oh, whatsoever the Bible says that the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, it said, he shall bring to remembrance all things whatsoever I have said unto you. You don't need to get up and read the covenant anymore like this because it's right there and it's in here. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 You are the ark of the covenant. And understand this, wherever the ark went was where the power was. Wherever the ark was, that's who had the victory. Wherever the ark was, that's where God dwelt. Now you just stop and let that sink in for a minute. Huh. That's God. I found Noah's ark. The Bible said he prepared an ark to the saving of his household. I want you to understand here tonight you're not here by some strange coincidence. You're here ordained of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the King of kings and Lord of every lord. He ordered you to be here tonight because there's a message He wanted you to understand. You are the ark that is being built to the saving of your household and your children and your children's children are going to come in under the safety of you. The ark of the covenant where the power is, praise God. And it's because of you that you're going to be the saving of your household. And you are the carrier of everything that's left. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 So many people are looking for old things. But the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hallelujah. I'm not reaching back for what I had yesterday. Oh, there's nothing I can do with the past. You know, there's not a thing in the world that I can do with yesterday. But man, I'm going to try to be better tomorrow than I was today. I'm going to try to be better the next day than I was tomorrow. Praise God. I'm going to try to learn everything I can and I'm going to keep building this ark. Praise God. Because I tell you one thing, church, hallelujah, Come shanda. Oh, I want you to understand, praise God, when that trumpet sounds. Oh, the last time there was something going on in the clouds up there. Praise God, it rained on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And it was a heap of trouble for some folks down here. But the next time that them clouds start shaking up, (laughs) my ark ain't going to be floating on no water. It's heading up into the sky. I'm leaving out on that good old gospel ship, and I'm going to try to have everyone in my family with me, everyone in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, we're going up and onward, praise God. No more tears, no more sorrows, no more pain, no more sickness, and no more bills. Praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo! Oh. Every postman has to check his keys at the door. Cannot drive your mail route truck. I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. No mailboxes. Hallelujah. Church. This is a really serious, you know, the Bible says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I believe, I believe in enjoying God. Hallelujah. Don't you? God, we serve an exciting God. He's a, He's a wonderful God. He's just like anyone else as far as, as far as a good father would be. And you know, he, he gives great for good things. And man, he gives some pretty, pretty rough whoopings for not so good things. But he did say this. He said, listen, endure chastening. Endure chastening of which all are partakers. He said, For he whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Just like a good father. I shuddered. It makes me shudder to even think what I'd be if Daddy hadn't whooped me, if Mama hadn't whooped me. I'd be in prison or dead. I mean, it took the rod of correction to drive me back to the straight and narrow Sometimes. I learned a lot from my mom and dad. I should have paid closer attention to them. i would probably been a whole lot better off. But, church, anytime you read in the Word of God, anytime you read in the Word of God about somebody that, that disobeyed God, there was a price to pay. When you... Sin against God, you break that covenant. Samuel. Not Samuel, but Samson. He was in a covenant with the Lord. From birth, he was in a Nazarite vow. So many people think that you ask them today. As a matter of fact, you can try this and that's what they'll tell you. You can ask them today say, what caused Samson to lose his power? Where was Samson's power? It was in his hair. What caused him to lose his covenant? He cut his hair. I mean, what caused him to lose his power? He cut his hair. Nope. Nope. No, the power wasn't in his hair. The power was in the covenant. He was in a Nazarite vow with the Lord from his birth. The Lord told his parents he will be in a Nazarite vow unto me and nor will a razor ever come upon his head. And there was many, many things that went along with the Nazarite vow. He couldn't drink alcohol, couldn't do any strong drink or anything like that. He had many, 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 many laws that he had to go by to be in this covenant with the Lord. And as long as he was in that covenant, could nothing stand before him. Just the same as Joshua was. The Lord told Joshua the same thing. There's nothing that's going to stand before you because I have anointed you and I'm in a covenant with you. And then the next thing you know, after they went to Jericho and 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 he told them exactly what to do. And one of them, named Achan decided to take other spoils, and that broke the covenant. And so what happened with Samson was he, uh, he 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 gave away his secret. He fell prey to uh, to his desires and he let his guard down. And he and, and I know none of y'all have ever done anything like that before. But uh anyway but he let his guard down and the next thing you know uh, uh the next thing you know man he found himself uh, uh, uh disempowered i mean he was uh, he was just as a common man he was weak uh, he, he couldn't he couldn't stand before them and he did, he didn't feel the covenant leave he lost his power because when they cut the hair it broke the covenant with god let me tell you something, church. It don't have to be a big sin. All unrighteousness is sin. And when you sin, I mean, when you, when you do something, and a lot of times it may be intentional, and you, and you sin against God... You're out of the covenant until you get that under the blood and get back in line with Him. You can't stand out of line over there and expect the power of God that you had when you're lined up with God. As long as you're out of line... Listen, church, as long as you're out of line with Daddy, you ain't got the power. I'm sorry. That's all there is to it. So the Bible says when Samson went out, uh, he thought, well, uh, I'll whip these dudes into shape. Uh, man, they took him like that. Uh, they, he had, His power was gone. He didn't feel the power leave him. But it did. He spent a long time. Notice there too, immediately they blinded him. Huh. There's a significance to that. He spent a long time going round and round and round. That's how it is when you're out of covenant with God. You're just walking in circles. You're not making no leadway. You ain't getting nothing done. You're not advancing. You're just spinning around circles. You ever see somebody? Watch their life and watch them go around in circles, and they never count. They never get nothing done. It just seems like they're busy all the time, but they never get nothing done. It takes, it takes vision to get things done. Vision comes from God. Because the vision the devil will give you will take you in circles. And it will always bring you back to where you started from. So you'll never find your ending. Joshua. And I'm getting ready to close. Joshua also who was in a covenant with the Lord. Achan took of the spoils from Jericho and they went shortly after that to another place called Ai. Jericho was a mighty, powerful city during that time. They came in and they mowed them down, man, like it was nothing to it. God delivered the Jericho into their hands. The next thing you know, they had to find themselves over in Ai. Just sent 3,000 men because it was such a small place. And they lost 36 men that day. Because the covenant was gone. They transgressed the covenant, the Lord said. And so they lost power. Now, Joshua didn't feel the covenant leave him. Joshua didn't feel the power of God leave him. Because Joshua was on his face... Crying before the Lord, he was sitting in ashes and saying, "Oh God, wherefore did thou bring us out of of Egypt to bring us out here and and cause us to come out here and uh, all this stuff to happen to us? Why did you do this? Uh, And the Lord said, Get up from there. Why layest thou upon thy face? He said, Sin is the reason you transgressed the covenant and even took of the spoil of of the accursed thing and even hid it amongst your own stuff. God used the word stuff. (laughs) Said you even hid it amongst your own stuff. And so Joshua, what did he do? He went back and he, he hunted him out. He said, rid yourself of the sin. That's what you need to do. And church, that's what I'm telling you tonight. But he went and he, and he ridded himself of the sin in the camp. He took, he took Achan and he took his whole family and everything that Achan had, everything that pertained to him, all the animals, children, women, everything that pertained to him, and he killed it cut it up, piled it up and burned it. Everything that belonged to him. Then he went back to Ai, wiped him out, the Lord said, "Okay, the spoils yours." God always wants his first. God wants his first. Church, I want to tell you tonight. I want to tell you tonight. God has got His hand on every life that's in this building tonight. There's no doubt about it. We are living in a time right now where it is absolutely paramount. It's critical. It's critical the next things that you do with your life. Time is so short. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Church, playtime's over. Playtime's over. If there was ever a time to absolutely get in with everything you got, dig in and grab a hold of the word of God with everything you have and start trying to reach everybody that you can. Because this is the last ditch effort. And I know you've heard that term before, but this is that last ditch effort. Have you ever tried to get something together? I know I have, uh, uh, my waistband at times in my life, where, you know, you just, you just almost got, almost got it hooked. You just almost got, somebody get the fence, give me a hand here. You know, you've almost got it together and you just gotta find that little ounce of energy down deep inside of you to get that last little bit and you got it. <laughs> That's where we're at. That's where we're at. We're making that last push for home. We're making that last push right now, church. It's time to throw aside anything that, that that would that would pick one, pick this one, pick that one, pick that. No, don't pick none of them. You pick them all. Get out there and just start saying, "Hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus?" Hey, listen. Do you go to church? Do you go to church? Listen. You don't go to church. Listen. once you come by just? Come by. If you don't like it, you don't ever have to come back. Just come see us. Come see us. Can I? Can I tell you about the Lord? People that you may have talked to before, but you hadn't talked to them in a while. Call them. Call them this week. I want to tell you, and, and I may have told some of you the other night. I want to tell you tonight, listen. One prayer that God will always answer, and i told everybody this morning, and I won't tell you again tonight, those of you who weren't here this morning. Listen. There's one prayer I can tell you that God is going to answer every time you pray it. Every single time that you pray it. When you get up in the mornings... When you're sitting there having that cup of coffee or whatever it is that you drink in the morning or you're having a glass of water or or a glass of orange juice or whatever, or you're spending time with the Lord, which is a good thing, I want you to be mindful to say, Lord, send me to somebody today that I can minister to on your behalf. God, put somebody in my path today that I can minister to for you. And you watch and see, and I'm waiting for a report the next time I see every one of you and you're going to tell me, I've never seen that happen before. Every single day that I prayed that, every single day I prayed that God led me to somebody. Every single day I prayed that God led me to somebody. It may be ten o'clock that night. I've had it go all the way to ten, eleven, twelve o'clock that night, just before midnight. The day was still there. And thinking, well, oh, this is gonna be a late night because I know what's gonna happen. And sure enough, ring. Oh man. I'm having a tough time, man. I'm so glad you answered the phone. I said, well, I was waiting on you to call, you know, because I, I knew somebody was going to get a hold of me because that's the way God does. He will always answer that prayer. There may be prayers you prayed before but that, that, that you didn't get an answer to right away or whatever, but I'm telling you this much, you'll answer that one every day. Every single day, because he's serious about his people. Church, he's trying to get his people in. You may look at them and say, they make no count. There's no way in the world that that alcoholic, drug-looking, no-count joker, biker, or whatever he is, is gonna ever be, why, well, he'll knock the bottom plum out of hell. Well, let me tell you something. If you would have met Saul of Tarsus before Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, let me tell you, Ananias was a little leery about going and talking to that fellow too, but look what he did. And because of what he did, we're doing what we did. So I want to tell you something. Before you write somebody off, you better stop and think about who God chose before and look in the mirror and realize that He picked you. That ought to tell you something right there. (laughs) A lot of people think awfully highly of themselves. Well, now, you know, I ain't never been that bad. And I'm thinking to myself, shut up because you're getting worse by the minute. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's best to just be quiet while you're still ahead. (laughs) Well, I haven't been that bad. You're getting worse. Church, that's the worst kind. Listen, how do you know the rest of the story as Paul Harvey used to say it? Ananias didn't know the whole story. And you'll find a lot of times that that's the case. You don't know who they might have just met on the road to you. You see, you may be an Ananias. And that very one, like I told him this morning, there was a guy that uh, that, that had said, man, he said, look, I, I had told God one time, he said, man, if you're really real, if you're really real, God, then just let the next person just come up to me, let the next person I see come up to me out of clear blue, and let them just start talking about you. And then I'll believe you. And meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, God had another soldier walking down the street, just one of those coincidences, you know. Just happened to be there at the right time, right place. And he said, go over there and talk to that fella right over there. He said, that guy? Yes, that guy. You want me to go talk to that guy? Yes, I do. And I want you to just walk up and start talking about me. I don't want you to do nothing else. Just walk up and just start talking about me. Nothing else. Just start talking about me. No high, no nothing. Just start talking about me. It took the obedience of that man to stop what he was doing and listen to a voice in his head say, go talk to this perfect stranger and just strike up a conversation about me. And the guy did not look like a Christian man. I mean, we'd have probably wrote him off. He went over and talked to that man. And as soon as he opened his mouth, he said, Man, do you know about Jesus? Can I talk to you about Jesus? And said, so That man just broke down right there on the spot. That man went on to be a good Christian soldier in the army of the Lord because of the obedience of a servant. Because he he put scales on his eyes and said, God, I'm not going to judge lest I be judged. God, who am I to say that man can't go? Who am I to say that man or woman can? I'm telling you right now, church, there's going to be a lot of people up there you'd have never expected. And there's going to be a whole bunch of them that ain't that you sure thought was going to be there because God searches the heart. He looks upon the heart. He don't look upon like man does upon the outward appearance. God looks upon the heart. He saw something in Solitarsis uh, that no one else around could see. Uh, Ananias was a great man of God, uh, but he never saw in Solitarsis what Jesus did. Uh, but Jesus saw a good soldier. Hallelujah. Jesus knows a good soldier when he sees one. Uh, there's a bunch of them that would have wrote me off years ago. Uh, I tell you right now, uh, that would have said, man, there ain't no way in the world uh, that that guy would ever mount to anything or ever ever be, a, that that guy would ever be uh, uh, preaching the word of God or, or be a Christian in the house of God, oh but man, Jesus saw something different in me, praise God for that. Hallelujah. I'm living proof, church, if God can take a no-count bum like me and put me in a pulpit, a holy place, with the Word of God in my hand, and praise God, and and give me the tools I need, praise God, to, to lay hands on the sick and them to recover, praise God, and the gift of the Holy Ghost, if He thinks that I'm worthy to give me a gift as powerful and awesome as the Holy Ghost, praise God, He must see something in me I can't see. Hallelujah. Stand with me tonight. Huh. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a few moments, if you would. Church, I want you to, I want you to search your heart right now. I want you to just take a few moments. Now, we're not going to rush God here. I know we're, we're 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 running a couple of hours now, but we're not gonna rush God for here for a few moments. I want to I want us to stop for just a few moments. And I want us to consider and ponder our path. I want you to ponder the path that you're in right now. Ponder your life right now. And I want you to ask yourself, Have I allowed any leaven into my life? Have I allowed any water in my gas tank? There's only one way to get that car back in tip-top shape, and that's get the water out of the tank. If there's anything in your life that you need help with right now, I want you to know that you are in the house with your brothers and sisters here tonight, and we love you very much. We are here together And we're yoked together. And if there's anything that you need from the Lord tonight, if there's anything you need to lay down, if it's an attitude or perhaps it's some forgiveness that you know you need to forgive somebody. Church, if you have unforgiveness in your heart in any direction, you have got to forgive or God will not forgive you. It's called sowing a seed of forgiveness. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those. If there's any unforgiveness or if there's any bitterness that you have, somebody might have hurt you in the past, and there's bitterness or anger or strife or envy or anything that might hinder you or might leaven your walk with God, then I want you to stop. I want you to step out right now. Don't even think about it. Just step out right now. Praise God. And come to this altar and let us pray with you tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just going to tarry for a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If there's anybody here tonight